Hello, and welcome to A Tale of Two Bookworms. My name is Tony. I'm Kailea. And this is a podcast where the two of us will be discussing books we have read. Uh, today's podcast, we will be reviewing Night by Ellie Wiesel. I thought it was Ellie. It, it is Ellie. I just said it wrong. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a strange pronunciation for us Canadians. Okay. Um, um, So I'm going to read a brief summary of the book before we begin, just in case there's anyone out there listening to this podcast who who hasn't read the book. Uh, And if you haven't, we strongly encourage that you do. Um, The summary I've pulled up here says, In the spring of 1944, the Nazis occupy Hungary. Not long afterward, a series of increasingly repressive measures are passed and the Jews of Eliezer's town are forced into small ghettos within Siget. Soon they are herded onto cattle cars, and a nightmarish journey ensues. I think it may be Eliezer's. This is Ellie. Again, we might, I might mess the pronunciation up a lot. Um, but Where did you get the, the abstract from? The internet. Yeah, but you, you should, you need to tell where you got it from. I got it from Sparknotes. Um, Very I, reliable. Yes. I feel the summary doesn't begin to cover uh, it really. No. This book is about a young man's experience in the Holocaust. Uh, he went with his father, with his whole family, uh, to concentration camps, including Auschwitz and uh really lived through absolute hell yeah how old was he when he went he was 15 or something 15 yeah quite brutal yes so the book is um i think it's i think it should be required reading uh really in high schools it's um it's very powerful stuff it discusses things that should never be forgotten by us and should be taught for all history so that we are less inclined to allow this sort of thing again. Those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. It's short, uh, mercifully so. I think it comes in at, I'm just checking, 121 pages, 120 pages. I read it in an afternoon, I think. Yes, and I read it in an evening. <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, so let's talk about it. What did you think, Kailea? It was horrific. It was absolutely horrific and very sad to know that these are things that actually happened. And it made me reflect on how lucky we are to live today in Canada, specifically, because there are other atrocities going on in the world right now. But just to know that that it happened on such a large scale Mm -hmm. and it was mostly hidden the the way he told it that it was hidden so people didn't really know what was going on and even up until the point when they're on the trains going they still thought it was going to be just like a work camp and that Mm -hmm. the rumors weren't true that people were getting gassed and burned and babies thrown alive into burning ditches and Mm -hmm. yes and uh all the the Jews in the town, uh, which is Siget in Transylvania, uh, what was formerly Transylvania, what is now Romania, 
Um, but they were they were all warned. There's a character early in the book. Again, I apologize for any incorrect pronunciation, but uh, Moishi, the beetle, uh, who escaped from the Nazis after being captured and came back to the town and warned them all what was coming. And for the most part, he was disregarded. He was disbelieved. Um, and and no nobody in the town listened to him. Mm-hmm. It seems like it was something far away and it couldn't possibly happen to them. And somebody or something would intervene before it ever got close to them. But of course, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Sure enough, the they are they are rounded up. They are their town is segregated for them. They have two ghettos in the town that they are forced to live in, and then they are taken out of their out of their ghettos and put into trains and sent to concentration camps where all manners of horror are witnessed. Mm-hmm. And Ellie is immediately split up from his sister and his mother when they get to the first camp. Mm-hmm. It's the last time he ever sees them. And of course, he didn't know that at the time. And there's people that have been in the camps for a while that are giving him advice and like, try to get into this line or try to get into this section because if you don't, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. One piece of advice they were given very early on, a man approached him and his father and he asked how old they were. And he said uh, he was 15 and he was told, no, you're 18 mm-hmm. um, because you can work. If, if you're 18 and same thing with his father I think he said he was like uh, in his mid 50s and he's like no you're 40 and you know these were these were the things you had to stick to to have even a chance of initial survival um, which they both they both were were given they were both able to survive through uh, a lot of what what happened whereas quite a few people were just instantly picked mm-hmm. out and thrown into incinerators they lasted a couple of years, didn't they? Um, a year or two? I, I think about a year. Because it says uh, they were they were taken in the spring of 1944. And when was he? I, I think it was him? right near the end of the war that he... I think he was in a concentration camp all the way to the end. Um, not positive about that. It's funny, I can't remember. It wasn't that long ago that I read it, but there no. were probably and, five books in between then and now. And it seems like the events take place over the course of a lot longer than a year because it's hard to imagine so many horrible things happening in such a short period of time. And just what they're made to do, especially um, after he he was in the infirmary and they, they were trying to move everybody and everybody's emaciated and starving and has no muscle and they're basically forced to run a marathon in the middle of the night in what 20 below mm-hmm. some sort of freezing blizzard snowstorm yeah, through snow it's like most of us can't even do that on the best of times mm-hmm. never mind after being starved for for well depending on the person years months yeah no and sleep some, no and some of them are barefoot <laughs> And they, they were given no no breaks. No food, no water. Yeah, uh, so they're running from one concentration camp essentially to another um, over days, given no, no breaks to eat or anything. So some of them carried spoons, and they spooned the snow that had fallen off the backs 
on people ahead of them into their mouths so they could have water. That was when they were at the ruins, wasn't it? It was as as, as they was were at, moving. No, I thought it was at the ruins because they weren't allowed to sit down. They were they had to stand, and it was snowing, so they were spooning off the the snow that was falling on yes, one another's right. backs. You're right. Um, I want I want to go back to when they a lot of the the Jews when they first got to the camp and they first saw the incinerators with the the smoke coming up. That was the first time it was it was real for them what was what was happening to them um but when they're in that first cattle car on on the train there's a a woman uh the lady Schachter, who starts screaming uh, un unrelenting screaming uh about fire she's having visions of fire mm-hmm. constantly on there how, how long was the journey do you remember no i don't remember Definitely multiple days. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it was more than a week or not, but and because everybody's so packed and nerves are are stressed and I mean it's not good circumstances, so they end up beating her so to get her to shut up and to stop screaming about it. And then when they actually get there and they see the the chimneys and the the smoke rising and they it dawns on them what it actually is, she stops her screaming. It's like. Like a prophetic thing and then once they're there then it's no longer needed mm-hmm. um in preparation for the podcast here i looked up some discussion questions and um I, i'd like to go over them even though some of them i, I thought were a little silly <laughs> uh the first one being being the main one what hints of hope does night offer us I think we both agree that there were none. No, there are none. Um, Humanity's pretty awful. Yeah, and uh, in this book, I, I don't think you're given any anything, and, unless you could maybe argue that the author lived. Um, but there was that, that... Do you remember when he was in the infirmary because something had happened to his foot and he was allowed to stay when they're about to run the marathon in the mm-hmm. blizzard? And he could have had his father stay with him because the Germans were freaking out because the, the Russians the were Russians. about to to go there. And they're saying in the infirmary, like, no. Well, they had to leave everybody in the infirmary because they're not, obviously, they can't run a marathon. So he's given the option to stay, but the worry was that the Germans were just going to kill everybody in the infirmary right away. And so they really wouldn't have had a chance. The sad thing is, is that he and his father, if they had chosen to stay in the infirmary, would have survived because the Russians ended up liberating that camp three days later. Mm-hmm. So it's like there was a little moment of hope and then it was just devastation because it's, his father ends up dying in the end. And yes, Ellie escapes, but yeah, and with it's, none of his family. And it's not even portrayed as a moment of hope because they make this choice to go because they don't know. They might just get shot if they if they stay in the infirmary. Mm-hmm. And it's after they leave that he, he kind of adds, he says, I later learned that the those who stayed in the infirmary were liberated so it's like uh if we'd only stayed we would have been okay um and and a spoiler alert uh his father does not survive he he lasts quite a long time he makes it to the the final concentration camp uh that li was out was at when he was rescued but it's there that he he dies 
think he was sick with um i don't remember what diarrhea wasn't it dysentery same diff yes yeah <laughs> yeah it is it just triggered my memory yeah um, no i i didn't get any sense of hope from that book at all it's no. just uh showing me how awful humanity can and actually has been mm-hmm. and that's why i think the book is so important uh, so that, you know, we always remember um, one of the quotes from the book, uh, to forget the dead would be akin to killing them a second time. And I think that's very important to the author. And that's why he wrote the book and why he wrote other books about his experience and uh, why he, during his life, uh, was so invested in in these sorts of causes because you know his the only reason he chose to to share these experiences and write the books was he was very concerned with humanity and um preserving it yep one thing i i found online about the book um what the book teaches us this is just one one thing I found online. One lesson is about always remembering the atrocities of the death camp. The second is about the delicate nature of faith in God when one experiences evil committed by humanity and how questioning a God is often central to faith itself. Um, a theme of the book is, is survival, how people are willing to do anything to survive and that people's faith not surviving the traumatic experience of the concentration camp whereas in some cases certainly not most but some people were able to survive but their faith was not doesn't surprise me at all yeah. one thing that did interest me was how quickly we as people adapt to our circumstances so even though these are well, imagining that I'm there these are abnormal circumstances for me and I'm exhibiting behavior I, I normally wouldn't because it's beyond my my, my moral code or, or how I've been raised to act but given a totally different scenario that I adapt to that and suddenly I will beat a person so that I won't get beaten even though in real life I would never do that mm -hmm. and how quickly we are to assess our situation and figure out what's the easiest way for us to cope with it yeah yeah and uh it's sad but there there are many cases where just because of the conditions these people lived in and how they were treated uh how it turned them into doing things that they never would have otherwise. Yeah, like, um, I, I can't remember the name of the guy or where he was from, but he was sympathetic towards the Jews that were in the concentration camp. And because he was sympathetic towards them, he ended up getting disposed of because the Nazis wanted him to be cruel mm -hmm. and to not give extra rations and not be nice and to not beat them. So because he showed kindness, he ends up, suffering because of that or i think he ended up dying i don't remember so it's like even if you want to be nice and a good what you would consider a good person in that scenario 
you can't because you will suffer the consequences so either you choose to be nice and die for it and somebody else will take your place and be cruel or you be cruel as well and survive to perhaps later on end up being able to be nice to other people and kind of i don't know seek retribution for that Mm -hmm. or penance i mean so what would you do tony what do you think (laughs) (laughs) uh honestly if it ever ever happened i would hope for a quick death i think like i and i don't know because you don't know until until you're put in those situations but it's not a life i would want to live obviously uh and i i don't think i could take it i i think i'd be i think i would be dead early on hopefully <laughs> yeah i feel that yeah like surviving through that is almost, it worth it? <laughs> yeah, it almost seems worse. Um, yeah, um, another quote from the book. Never shall I forget those moments which murdered my God and my soul and turned my dreams to dust. Never shall I forget these things, even if I am condemned to live as long as God himself. Uh, like, I don't think... And this is reiterated in the book. Like, he is not okay. He's not okay writing about these events. Uh, well, after the fact, I don't think he ever was okay with what he became, how he be- became. Um, it's sad and horrible. Yeah, it really is. Mm hmm. Um,. You know, we're taught in high school a fair amount about about the Holocaust and World War Two, um, and I never really didn't think it was important, and I never didn't think it was a huge loss. But try and wrap your head around six million people being murdered—it's a staggering number. Yeah, it is huge. And to what end? Mhm. Mhm. And not even in. Well, like I mean, that's not a, a good thing to be like. Not even in a nice way, but I mean. No, I, no, in brutal, awful, awful ways. I still can't get over the live babies being flung into a burning ditch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Loss of identity is a, is a theme in the book. The author starts before really the, the events of the book as a, a deeply religious person. Um, he was interested in studying Kabbalism, which is the relationship between God and, uh, and his creation, meaning the earth and us. Um, you know, he was he was deeply religious. He cried when he prayed because that's what his faith meant to him. It meant a lot. And uh, I think throughout the book, it, it's just completely destroyed. I, I don't think he was able to hold on to it. I know as soon as he got to the concentration camp, it, it died quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because how can you believe, I mean, for him and for a lot of people, how can you believe in a God that allows that to happen? Especially to his apparently chosen people, his chosen population. Mm-hmm. 
And some of them took that as in, oh, we Jews, we did something bad, so this is us, our, our moment of redemption, and we, we're going to be true to the end, even if we die, even if we have to suffer for it. But a lot of them, including Ellie, was, wow, no. How, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think he sees things that he cannot reconcile with the idea of a just and loving God. It, it just, it's too much disconnect from what he believes to what he witnesses and what he experiences for him. Another, another theme in the book is survivor's guilt. Um, it, it's, it's a big thing in, in life. And I think with his father specifically, you know, he, he feels that intensely. His father was with him through most of his journeys, uh, through most of his experiences. And um, there were times when he witnesses other uh, family members turning on each other or just not protecting each other. Uh, they're running and there's a, a young man who, who leaves his father behind and he the author thinks about doing that to his own father but leaving him behind and and he hates himself for, for thinking that and he hates himself for wishing that even for a moment but at the end when his father does die he writes you know this awful feeling he had inside which was how he was free at last um, I think it's telling that he doesn't really write anymore after the death of his father. He doesn't see the point. He's, yeah, he stayed in the, that concentration camp for a while longer, but he, he writes that it's not important because his father is dead. So I, I think he wrote the book because it is important to memory, to remember. Um, a quote he, he says is, memory has become a sacred duty of all people of goodwill. And I, I think that's true. There are, in the world, there are Holocaust deniers. And um, I, I think, thankfully, you know, a lot of people are very quick to tell them off. I can think of um, one, one instance where, uh, this was a few years ago, but uh, a world leader, I'm not sure who, so I, I won't even say, but some somebody was a holocaust denier and uh germany's chancellor at the time was just livid and said let me tell you like these things did happen uh our country did do these things and you make no mistake about that and it's important that with people who deny these things that they're told that even though they happened a long time ago they did happen and uh it's not some fabrication made up for who knows what purpose that's why i agree that it would be a good reading for older high school students to mm -hmm. read a first-hand account and it's not long no <laughs> so it's 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 funny I, I saw some google reviews from some apparent students that were complaining about about having to read it in high school and being like what's the point it's so boring it's so this it's like I, maybe they need to be set up to be able to read this in a mindset that's more open. Maybe their brains just aren't developed enough to take it in properly and to 
have that sympathy and to find that empathy within them to be able to connect to people who lived and suffered a long time ago i mean it wasn't even that long ago no i know i've met a fair amount of people whose grandparents or great-grandparents were part were in the holocaust Mm -hmm. yeah and and the scary thing is is it as much as it might seem like it cannot it can happen again yep um you know if good people do nothing then these sorts of things can happen again Uh, i'm gonna read a few more quotes just because i thought they were good i thought they were telling the days were like nights and the nights left the dregs of their darkness in our souls Another one, uh, one more stab to the heart, one more reason to hate, one less reason to live. And finally, in the beginning there was faith, which is childish, trust, which is vain, and illusion, which is dangerous. I think that last quote is is sad. Um, You know, these are things which should be good faith trust and and uh well not illusion but faith and trust (laughs) you know those those should be things we all have um but the people the jews in in this town they had that they thought that they would be okay they thought that these things couldn't happen to them Um, they thought the other townspeople wouldn't let it happen mm -hmm. yeah um but they did happen and um yeah it's truly truly horrible what happened to them and for the survivors what happened to their faith and to their trust final thoughts read it yeah i mean it's it's just good to you yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there should be required reading. I think everyone should read this book. And, uh, and you know, it's short, uh, which is good. So read yeah. it, think about it, and then give it to somebody else. You know, keep it going. Make That's sure. how we ended up with it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, good reading, uh, everyone. Hope you enjoyed as much as you could. And um, sorry to start with such a dark one. (laughs) And we will be back with a book review of a much, much happier book, probably. Do we know which one it is yet? No, no, we do not. Do Um, we not? No, we don't. I'm just saying it'll probably be a happier book because I can't imagine a sadder (laughs) book. (laughs) Okay, everyone, uh, good reading and thank you for listening to A Tale of Two Bookworms. Goodbye. Bye. And may I even say, good night. Lol.